On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we're double dipping between the cops and the robbers in BBC One's Better, signing up for jury duty under the auspices of Sam Neill in The Twelve on ITVX, and boldly going one last time with Patrick Stewart and the gang in the third and final season of Picard on Prime Video. And it seems Paramount Plus, but we'll get onto that a little later on. I'm James Dyer and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, your weekly guide to every show that matters. And if this week's news is anything to go by, a show that should be expecting at least four to six spin-off shows by the end of the year. So do make time in your schedule for the Pilot Pottery Podcast, in which Kate talks (laughs) us through the correct techniques for outsized handled mugs. The Pilot Sneaker Podcast, in which Boyd goes through the finer points of special edition footwear. And the Pilot Well Waller Cast, in which I break down every episode of The Expanse in forensic detail. Mm. That's not a million miles away from this one. But all of that aside, I am joined for this uh, branch of the Pilot TV podcast by my two co-hosts, both of whom are properly psyched for a bit of Picard action. (laughs) It's Commodore Boyd Hilton and Lieutenant Commander Kay Ribeiro. Now, Kay, let's get right into this straight off the bat. Have you ever watched a single episode of any Trek ever? You know the answer to this. I can't remember the answer to the this. The answer is a big fat no. So, so just just to clarify, yeah. you've never watched the original series. No. You've never watched The Next Generation. Uh-uh. Voyager passed you by. Absolutely You not. never yeah. went to Deep Space Nine. Nope. Not even Enterprise. Nope. You've never watched Discovery. Oh, Discovery. Star Trek Discovery, yeah, not the abs- Discovery Channel. Yeah, no. Have you seen any of the films? No. Not even The Voyage Home. <laughs> no. Not even The Search for Spock. Not even The Search for Spock. The Wrath of Khan. Oh, Wrath the of Se- Khan. The Search Wrath of, of Khan. Spock. Not the even search... the, new, the new Star Trek films. It's Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, have you seen any of those? Like Star Trek Into Darkness or J.J. Abrams' Star Trek or Star Trek yeah. Beyond? Yeah. Yeah, guys, no matter how many times and in different ways you say this, I will still not but, watch but them. But this is genuinely impressive because mm. a lot of people don't like Star Trek. Don't know. I mean, obviously they're weirdos and we don't really understand them. But but, but I don't think I've ever met anyone, <laughs> even Terry, who has never so much as been in the same room as a Star Trek at any point in their lives. I can't feel that can't be an accident. There has, there has to be design mm. behind this. It's quite an achievement. It is. Yeah. How has this come to pass? What's broken inside you? <laughs> I don't know. I've just never encountered it. I've never had any desire to watch it. I've never had anyone in my life who, you know, is obsessive about it. I'm, I've been quite have, lucky. Do you have an aversion to anything that's got star in the title? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually. I mean, yeah. I, stars in yeah. their eyes. Have you ever seen a Star Wars film? No. Oh, this is what we're dealing with. This hang is what we're on. dealing with, James. Hang on. I just thought I'd put it into something. Why would you do that? Yeah. Hang on. I've been yeah. keeping so, this. A- oh, God. Right. So we have voluntarily invited this person mm-hmm. into our midst, onto yeah. our podcast. You've never seen a Star Trek, which is frankly weird, but let's just set that aside. You've never watched a Star War ever. Did you did when when you here when we did Andor the Andor review? Yeah, and I, t- I think I'm. Oh, oh no, did you I opted out somehow. I opted out. Oh, I tried to skip over this. Didn't watch, hang on, so you came on to I didn't remember this. You reviewed Andor no, on this I podcast did, yeah. and then didn't watch it. No, no, no. I no, I watched it, but I just opted out of telling you that I hadn't, you know, had no oh, knowledge see. of the franchise. You've been yeah. in the space closet about I've been, this. I've been trying to hide it from you because I knew I'd get this fucking lecture, and I just, you know. I mean, I, I feel void an intervention. I, 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 to be honest, it's called for. I don't. I, I feel like you should have realised this yeah. months years ago. I yeah, can't believe you ever befriended, long, yeah, exactly. befriended Kay in, the, in thinking. We've that, known each other for yeah. a very long time. Before I, before you asked me to embark on this endeavour with you guys, I was like, "Are you sure?" Are you sure? And you said, you willingly said yes, knowing I, this. I, not knowing this, not knowing this. It's just like you telling me all along that you've been a member of some kind of neo-Nazi party. Like this, this, like this, this, this horrendous okay, character nuts. trait that I've never yeah. known about. It's pretty much the nuts. same kind of thing. Yeah, mm. yeah. It, yeah, of course. Do you know who is a massive Trekkie, Trekker, Trekkie? Um, who Beth. You might... N- uh, no, she's not, no. 
Lorraine, Lorraine of Lorraine. Lorraine Kelly. Lorraine Kelly, yeah. She's what? a huge Star Trek fan, yeah. Seriously. Do you want her on the pod instead? Well, I mean, we might as well. Yeah. I mean, she Maybe is a very we'll you know, book broadcast. This is, this is the Lorraine sensation. that I don't really know who she is, right? You like, do every know. morning on ITV, after Good Morning Britain, I mean, and before this morning, already Lorraine, answered that question. Yes. Lorraine, who is a brilliant person. I love how you're just going to keep saying her no. first name. Lorraine. Oh, oh, Lorraine! Yes, of course. He does know. You can't not know Lorraine. She's doing it to be perverse. I'm really not. James, the name of her show is Lorraine. I know. I know. This time, I'm familiar with Yeah, She's a mono name. But she's a massive Star Trek fan, yeah. And we'll talk about it, yeah, extensively, and Come it's on. brilliant. Yeah, well, have you had a chat to her about it? Uh, she talks about it on the show a lot. And, should we get uh, her on to explain should, yes, to Kay what she's on. missing? I'd love to get Lorraine Kelly on this show. With It would be so brilliant. It would burst all the kind of pop culture. All right. No, his what. mind would explode. Tell you what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest a thing I'm going to suggest a thing. So oh, we finished on Pilot Plus, we finished talking about Happy Valley last yeah. week, the amazing finale mm-hmm. that we talked about in spoilery detail on last week's Pilot Plus. We are not doing a spoilery thing on this week's podcast because we're in between shows at the moment. We might do Yellow Jackets down the line, but we'll see. So I'm going to suggest this, Kay, Kay Ribeiro. Mm. I will watch a reality <gasps> thing for you, but in exchange, you are going to watch a trek for me. And we're going to have an exchange, a cultural exchange. <laughs> I'm going to choose a very specific episode for you. I don't oh, know what okay. it's going to be, but I'm going to pick one, one, maybe ten. And and you're going to watch it, or them, and you are going to pick a, a reality thing. And I'm going to watch Ooh. that reality thing. But you promise. And then we're going to discuss it on Pilot Plus. That's what's going to happen. Okay, do you know what? What are you gonna? What are you gonna select? I'm thinking of selecting traitors for him because I think he'll actually uh, like them. I think, yeah, but I think you should choose something that he won't no, like. No, Hang on, this is not an exercise no, in no, Schadenfreude. Because if I do that, he'll just be his usual. Like, uh, nah, nah. So we got. Yeah, if you choose true. something he might like, then you yes. might open his mind to yeah, the okay, whole traitors, genre. Traitors, yeah, traitors. That's true. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say Love Island, but let's go traitors. Because I no, think, you won't be able to handle that. I think, as I recall, and listeners will know this, I did this with Terry. Like, I think I picked three episodes of Next Generation for Terry. And I'm fairly certain I know which ones I picked. And she did come and she reported back. And Beth, I managed to get to watch one episode of Battlestar Galactica as well. Again, it's part okay, of my kind many, of education process. How, well, your cult conversion. Yeah. Um, how many episodes were you saying? One or three? Well, I'm leaning towards two, so as not to be mean, but two very different things. So I will like, I'll lament he's myself. So like, exci- I'll do, I've got to tell you, he's so excited. I am he's like so excited. wafting his hands like, around. One next-gen like, oh, episode, God. maybe, and then something for Deep Space Nine. Like, I'm going to have to think about it. I'm going to have to have a think. I know okay. the ones I showed to Terry. Uh, In which case, shall I choose two different reality shows? Yeah, me? oh yeah, two different shows. Two different shows. Because I was hoping yeah. to get him, like, immerse him. In yeah, the... no, yeah. Okay, fine. If there are any that are, I don't know, eight, nine minutes, that would be wonderful. Uh, you know, <laughs> just like, the shorter the runtime, the better. Like, quite like right those eight, nine-minute episodes of Star Trek. Yeah, yeah Famously, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's fair. Oh, Lord. Yeah. I don't know. Don't make me pick a multi-parter. I'm just saying. Mm. Like, you I don't know, know if I want to commit to this yeah. after I all. I think you oh, should okay. go for, 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 the, for the traitors and like Geordie Shaw or something. Like literally the lowest of the low. Okay. And Boyd, you see, the problem is that I don't know what we could... Because you watch everything. So yeah. I don't know that there's anything no. we can No, we should find own. something for him though, yeah. I'm going to... So <laughs> Kay, Kay, who I know has a slightly sadistic streak, doesn't hide it very well. <laughs> I think <laughs> she will know what we need to get yeah, you to watch. So I'm going to leave that with Kay to think about. I'm going to find something and it won't be on the Pilot Plus that is out this week because frankly we're recording it first thing tomorrow morning we don't have that kind of time yeah. but for the one after that we will have the results of this particular challenge I so you have I'm time I'm quite excited for it there we go because I've have... got an open mind do you though uh, <laughs> but we have time right now for you to sign up to Pilot Plus you go empireonline.com slash pilot tv for just one ninety nine a month and you can get the results of this is it an incentive <laughs> maybe maybe not we'll find out I'm going to say for all the listeners here they still haven't fixed the air conditioning. Oh my god! They and 
I've got two cans of Coke this week. So if you thought it was a little bit, uh, hoo hoo, a little bit X rated last week, I have now, I have two. It's... I have one to drink and one to rub all over myself. So I have like, two oh, separate don't, cans. Don't. It's the, a horror show. I'm drinking the diet. Say, I'm rubbing the full uh, fat one cunning. on. I was a bit yeah. surprised when I opened the door to the studio and you were topless rubbing Coke <laughs> cans over yourself. Yeah. It was a shock. I mean, it's, it's a new look for yeah, me. Yeah, but you know, yeah. you're carrying it off very well. That's right. To be yeah. fair. Yeah. Oh, whew. See, it's very, very tasty. Oh my in God, here. that's. That was <laughs> no, no, that, that wasn't a sexy sound. It was a. It's hot. Do you know what can I say? I can confirm it was not a sexy (laughs) sound. It was for some listeners. (laughs) It may have been absolutely not. James's army. No, absolutely not. I can confirm being like seeing it. Unlike (laughs) unlike your Irish accent, was it Irish last week? You did. Did I do an Irish? Uh, What accent did I do? I don't think it was Irish. What was it? Yeah, Um, abomination. Wherever it was. It might. I don't know. I did an. There were complaints about it. There were complaints. There were actual literal complaints. Yes, I was told I had to stop, but I don't remember what. Oh, I don't get tagged. I'm quite happy. I don't get. It was Irish Siri, and I was a Boston accent. And that Boston. was Boston. It was yeah. Boston. Oh, don't do it again. And someone said, You sound sort of, I mean, there's a bit of Russian German in there. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. a bit Russian. Yeah. I, it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This Sorry. Is what, this is what the heat's doing. This is what the heat is again. doing to me. Like, so we're going to have another delirious podcast this oh, week. Lord. Uh, I apologise in advance for that. But, but apart from Star Trek, Curry, mm-hmm. uh, what have you been watching this week? Right. So this week I have been watching Beyond Paradise, which is a, right, two things that. I'm going to talk about which will annoy people because you can't watch it immediately, but this is literally what I've been watching. So Beyond Paradise, which is the spin-off of Death in Paradise, which has got a huge audience. I'm sure James is amongst them. I mean, he's reading his phone he's at the moment. Off. Yeah, he's already switched yeah. off. Brilliant. Yeah. With starring Chris Marshall. And so I watched that because I hosted the event. And also um, I watched... But isn't that, that is on this week. That's uh, Am I covering that in the also section or is that next week? Um, what's the date it's on? Do you know? I think it's I in next. I'm um, not uh, this fine, issue. Next yeah. Week. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Carry on. Um, on. And I also watched You and Me, which is a three-part oh, drama. God, you really are going to things that we can't. Yeah, but I mean, no, go for it. I can just make stuff yeah, up. Yeah, no, it's good. Three-part drama from first-time writer Jamie Davis and exec produced by Dream Team Dominic Trodwell. Col- Treadwell? Trodwell. 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 Dominic Treadwell Collins, Russell T Davis, and Alexander Lamb, and it's really good. It's about young love and finding it, losing it, and whether you can find it again. This is a preview, essentially, of what we'll be reviewing next week. But it's fine. I'm going to join in as well with another show. Yeah, come on. Well, I'm going to join in with a show that we won't review because it's not on our, in our kind of... Uh, well, it's a factual travelogue. It's a celebrity travelogue. Right. <gasps> so off-brand, wildly inappropriate. Off- Carry on. No, is it, no, no. Is this a Tucci? You just fucking... I know, because this is with, with what's his children, yes. Eugene Levy, isn't it? Yes, isn't it? Eugene yeah. Levy. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> so I have been watching the Eugene Levy travelogue show, which is on Apple TV+, Plus, starting on February 24th. It is embargoed. It is embargoed. So just like UK, I'm not allowed to talk about it. They say what I think about it. And just like that guy, there's a couple of people who regularly tweet saying, Pilot TV podcast, the TV review show, where they're not allowed to talk about the but TV I think, shows that watch. I think the guy who said that was uh, making a joke about when we did Your Honour and we literally couldn't mention oh, yeah, the big, yeah, and big which, was which was ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely yeah. absurd. But Eugene, yes, this thing, the, 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 the title of The Reluctant Traveller is, the, the whole concept behind it is that Eugene Levy doesn't like travelling anywhere. He just likes sitting at home resting. Which we can all, I believe, especially those of us heading into late middle age at the, at the very least. Don't look here. Can identify with. I mean, just sitting around round you know, watching TV basically is his preferred lifestyle choice. And so he, they send him to eight, it's eight episodes, different, completely very different. It goes to Norway one week, goes to Venice, which is uh, beautiful. Uh, he goes to the Maldives another week, going in this, one of the most luxurious hotels in the world where they promise to give you anything of any sort at any time in this what? hotel in the Maldives. Do so you think, how does that work? So you, No, you, that's, yeah, no, do, honestly. Be. What, so that, if I said I wanted a packet of Walker's Chris, yeah, salt and vinegar? yeah. Made out of British potatoes. It's like by some 
magic osmosis no. thing. It's ex- incredible. Yeah, and there's like there's like an in the sea in the sea room. They've cr- with like completely surrounded by like you know in, in a kind of glass room under the sea where you go to like relax and chill out, which he finds quite stressful. I don't stressful. know how I, yeah, I don't know how like, I feel about the, that. What if the glass breaks? You know, we all die in a, in a But it's fascinating. Have none of these people seen Jaws three? Oh, exactly, exactly. But I'm not going to say it's fascinating. I was just about to say it's fascinating. But if you want, but just if the idea of spending time with Eugene Levy from Schitt's Creek and myriad brilliant comedy films like Waiting for Government, etc., appeals to you, then I reckon <laughs> you won't be let down. By the Russian Traveller, which starts on uh, 24th of February. So I've been watching that. I've been watching a lot. Of I'm that. excited about that. It's fun. And uh, I've watched the up to the fifth episode of you. Can I tell you slightly <laughs> off putting? To look at James at the moment, because <laughs> listeners, he's he's rubbing the coke can on his forehead and the expression on his face is kind of like sensual. You know, oh like, no, yeah, don't say it's that. Like, I'm just looking it's, at you while rubbing blissful. a can on my head. It is blissful. Yeah, I'm oh, having God. a lovely well, time. Do you know what? I he's am just going to take a picture. Time. We're going to have to put it. Yeah, this is ridiculous. I'm not sure you can capture the expression on his face <laughs> that he just had though. Um, so I've been watching. Yeah, I've watched up to the the end of the first part of season four of you uh, and as anyone who listened to us uh, a review of you a huge fan of it and it's left on a brilliant cliffhanger um the, the fifth, fifth episode there's some fantastic ludicrous moments uh but now i'm desperate to see the whole second half and i've yeah so I've, because i know that reviews in america have seen the second half and apparently it goes even more insane in the second half of the season which arrives on the fourth fifth of march or something just bathing in the insanity of you is my current um, jam, as I think the kids say. Mm. Yeah. Well, I have watched many things this week, <laughs> but they are all things that we're going to be reviewing this week. So I have watched six hours of Picard, <laughs> and as we record this, eight hours of Carnival Row. By the time we record for Pilot Plus tomorrow morning, where we review Carnival Row because it's uh, embargoed, uh, I would have seen all ten hours. It's an illness of Carnival Row. <laughs> You're sick. It's official. Wait James a minute. Are we doing that Apple TV Plus thing in in the? We are. We are. We're and not, Carnival. Well, you're doing Carnival. Right? He's we're swat- not doing. He's it. being I'm a swat. Not, he's doing it. No, no. God no. I think God both no. of you owe it to no. yourselves to watch Absolutely. at least four or five episodes tonight. Oh, no. <laughs> you're on drugs. A hundred percent. Like you know, what's not to love about centaurs and and. Things. No. Mm-hmm. To be honest, that would be one of the shows I did not get on with Carnival Row. Well, this is this is so something, that might be yeah. one of the shows that you forced me to watch because well, no, no, I didn't force you to watch it. In fact, no, I you, know you didn't. Yeah, because but... you reviewed it while uh, I was away. I oh. wasn't. I wasn't on the. What are you saying? This you is one of the shows wow. we could get you to watch. Ooh, that's what I mean. Yeah, so make Boydie I mean. watch what both seasons of Carnival Row. <laughs> <laughs> no, <that's laughs> no, he's got to do two things as well, like us. So Carnival Row will be one of them. Yeah, I'll think of another one. See, I'm not sure Carnival because he's already watched. Carnival Row for mm. this podcast. Yeah. So I feel it has to be something different. We're going to have to give this some thought. Yeah, okay, okay. fine. Yeah, we'll have to give this some thought. But Is so it better I've... than season... Oh, you, we, we, oh don't, let's not... Let's well, no, not we can't. It's embargoed. No, I can't possibly tell you. Oh, but if you subscribe yeah. to Pilot Plus, you will find yeah, yeah. out very soon. Uh, <laughs> I must subscribe to Pilot Plus. You must, you must subscribe to Pilot Plus. It's absolutely true. Less than a coffee. Indeed. Less than a coffee. Less than really many things. Uh, <laughs> can of Coke. Should we get on to a listener question? Yes. Let's get on to a listener question. We have a listener question. I still haven't quite worked out how I'm going to. I'm trying to work out a post bag system, which I can then work out this with Sophie. Been going I, for yeah, weeks. this is I know. Like, I don't see it's, how complicated it's it can painful. be. It's far more difficult than you would think. Just right. read them out from the like the DMs. I shan't. 
I shan't, and you can't. Make I bet me. he's going to do a spreadsheet or something. Oh. I, I might, I might at that. Look, okay. So you could one... just take a picture of all of them. Can't no, you? It's too, no, that's what them. I do. That's, that's what I do at the moment. I, the, um, I screen grab them, right. but then it's what do I do with the screen grabs? Have a little folder. folder. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, no, 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 that doesn't work for me. I've got like no, oh I've, got, I've, got a I've got a system. He's so anal. This, this is not great. This is not. As Woody Allen once said, "That's one word for you." Anywho, this week's question comes from Alex Smith, and Alex Smith says, question for the Pilot Plus post bag. Oh, it's an exclusive Pilot oh, Plus one. Oh, I'm going to read it out here anyway. Yeah, uh, Hi, Pod. <laughs> really enjoying the new Pilot Plus format. Kay joining, challenging the status quo, yes. and Last of Us Love. These are all separate things, I think. His question is, myself and my equally square-eyed companion are tying the knot in April and have decided on TV couples to be our table theme for the wedding breakfast. Good shout. So who should make up the 10 TV couples that the tables are associated with? We would like to go slightly more obscure than the Ross and Rachel model, but not sure if Bill and Frank will cause more questions than answers. Any help would be appreciated. So not super obscure, but not too first base is what he is after. Bill and Frank from The Last of Us. From The Last Can of Us. I just say, we just had a lovely chat with uh, Bauer Radio's Simon Mayer about The Last of Us. About The Last of Us. He is also a, a fan. huge fan. Yeah. Massive, massive, gigantic fan. That was a delight. Well, I have come up with a shortlist. Kay will have no, do her number one. <laughs> yeah, Kay will have one yeah, suggestion. Yeah, have one suggestion. Yeah. Frasier and Lilith. Ooh. From uh, Cheers slash revisited a bit throughout the. Hang Frasier. on, hang on. Yeah, but, you... but the thing is, like, so yeah. this is a this is for a wedding. Yeah, and you picked a divorced couple. Yeah, but they're a comedy couple. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that seems a he little didn't bit. Say they have to be happy couples. Yeah. I mean, I feel like maybe that's what was implied. Nothing no. can be happy all the time. You've got to yeah, work exactly. through your challenges. Exactly, and in the end, they have an enduring kind of love for each other. They hmm. they remain friends somehow. I mean, they're bringing up they're, they've got a boy. They're sharing a son, so it's only fair. But still, well, I think they're an inspiration. That they that they work through their feelings for each other. I mean, Lilith does end up sleeping with his brother Niles in one of the greatest episodes right. of all of Frasier. Should but... it not be Niles and Daphne? No, because that's what ruined the whole fucking yeah, show. Yeah, insipid. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. I deliberately chose. You could have. You could have um, uh, Cheers, dude, and Diane. You could have um, Sam and Sam. Diane. Sam and Diane. Except they but break they didn't, up. Yeah, they, they break didn't up as get well. married. Did I mean, they, they break yeah. up as well. All right. Anyway, okay. Then, okay. Tim and Dawn from the office. Oh, that was on my Nailed list. Nailed on, 100%. Mm-hmm. Absolutely perfect. Saul and Kim from Better Call Saul. <laughs> also, maybe yes, no. well, again. Not an ideal ending, Doesn't but end well, still. But sure. Actually, kind of ends as... Prim- oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> kind of ends as well as it could in the circumstances, maybe. All right. Just saying. I think I think you're getting hung up too much on whether it works or not. Me? End, Surely not. By the way, yes. <laughs> I think you are. Ever-decreasing circles, Ooh. What? Yes. Ever-decreasing circles. Either Martin and Anne played by Richard Bryson and Penelope Wilton. Mm-hmm. Or, perhaps even better, Howard and Hilda. You know, Howard and Hilda were their, were their best mates who used to talk like that. Hi, Howard. Hi, Hilda. Oh, they're amazing. They used to wear the same jumpers. They're coordinated jumpers, coordinated knitwear. They are icons of British TV comedy. Then I thought David and Patrick from Schitt's Creek. <gasps> yes. Oh my God! How did I not think of them? See? Yeah, you see, that is a good. brilliant show. That is you challenge yourself to come up with a list rather than just one. This is what happens. <laughs> kind of. I've said it before. It, cuts it deep. is quality. It cuts not deep. Um, Dave and Maddie from Moonlighting. Mm. The, the, the brilliant leads from that classic. No, not bothered. Classic right. show. And my final choice is not strictly a couple, but essentially they are Steve Martin and Marty Short from Only Murders in the Building. They're a duo. One of the great duo and the huge love between each other that really is the underpinning of that entire fantastic series. Mm. How about you, Kay? <laughs> well, 
guys, even though you'd be taking the absolute piss out of me. Usually I do give one question, uh, one answer, but actually Alex's question was sensational and it excited me. Yeah, it was a good question. Not that the others aren't. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say for the record here, Alex. If you don't use any of these, we'll fucking come for you. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I want Squeeze photos. Me. We're coming of the to tables. the wedding. What are you talking about? One hundred percent. What table do we want to sit on? That's Ooh, the question. Tell yeah. us. Okay. okay, fine. Here, I'm here are some options. Tom and Barbara, the From... good life. Oh, good okay, life. sure. Never watched. It. Or, Mar- or you could do Margot and Jerry because that's also a classic couple. No. Okay. Yeah, fine. yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I thought, well, this is mainstream and soapy. Den and Angie. Classic. Oh, I mean, you've really lost him now. You really have. But I, I'm assuming this is yeah. some form or of or Sharon and Grant. Or Imagine Harold. Because I just like, I went for some classic ones. Imagine Harold. Yeah. No one is getting married with a Imagine Harold table. Why You'd not? Be Scott and Charlene. Scott and you... Charlene, I'm on board with. But Imagine okay, Harold, fine. come on. Look, have a bit of love for the oldsters. Okay, what about this one? Josh and Donna. No. The West Wing. No. Josh and Amy, always Josh and Amy. I was never on board with Josh mm. and Donna. It was pure fan service, not having it. <laughs> Josh oh, and Amy. I like Josh Always and Donna. Josh and Amy. No, Josh and Amy were made for each other. Yeah. Like the power dynamic differential between Josh and Donna, it just made the whole thing a bit icky to okay, me. Okay, well, f- well, fortunately, it's not up to you. It's up to Alex. Uh, fine. So fine. Mm. Um, then I went down the obvious route, Miranda and Steve. I went, Carrie and Big was too obvious. Uh, <laughs> not least of all, because she literally killed him. <laughs> what, what do you mean when she was just sitting there not calling the ambulance? Well, yeah, when he's <laughs> dying in her arms. She's like, I could yeah. call an ambulance, but no, I'm just going to sit here and wail. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Uh, Pacey and Joey. Pacey and Joey, that is Joey, Pacey, my absolute fave. That's your best choice. Yeah, that's fine. Shiv and Tom. I mean, I mean, I mean that is even more. All of my, I mean, I had to divorce the worst him, but of that all is of perhaps them. the worst Shiv of all. Tom. Oh my god, an, an essentially loveless, uh, yeah, who, chilly. Yeah. He didn't say they had to be loving flawed. couple. Especially it's a now. Have you watched the ending of the last series? Yeah, okay, oh, fine, Jesus all right. Christ. I think I just got lost in iconic couples. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Oh well, this one you're not going to like either, Basil and Sybil. I mean, that's topical. Yes, exactly. It's topical, yes, yeah. but also deranged. Yeah, deranged. <laughs> <sighs> okay, my last one then. <laughs> I'm ready for your disapproval. Eric and Adam from Sex Education. That is good. Uh, that is good, actually. That is good. You know, that, didn't they, that ended badly as well, oh, didn't it? Well, it it does, but actually, you root for them so much because uh, Adam's growth as a character is so acute in that show, mm. and you love them as a couple. Yeah, sure. So yeah, I think they're actually they're probably those because you know I I stand for Otis and Maeve like every day of the week. But, oh yeah. But, but oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. Alex, can you um? Can you get back in touch and just let us know yeah, who like, won? Genuinely, I, feels... if I don't get an update of the actual final choices, I'm going to be bitterly disappointed. So. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, but well, so I, I've not prepared for this question at all because it's been quite the busy day. So I'm just going to wing it as okay, we go, fine. and I'm going to say, you know, I could go for a Starbuck and Apollo. I could, I could have that on there. That would go for. If I were going to West Wing, when it'd be CJ and Danny. Now I know what you're thinking. Surely it's CJ and Donovan, mm. and I know what you're saying. But we all know how that ends, and I don't think I'd want to bring that to a wedding. So CJ and Danny is what I'm going for in there. Um, how many series was Danny in? Danny Cannon. Oh, yeah. he came and went all the way through. Oh, did he? Was pretty he much, yeah. in my mind? He's in like the first few seasons. I don't he's, remember him much you know, from the later ones. Well, yeah, no, he's, he's in the oh, final really? season. Okay. He's, he's, you know, yeah, okay. not to spoil anything, but, you know, he and CJ end up together. Uh, so, yeah. right. Spoiler. God, Spoiler for the West Wing, which finished like a long time <laughs> 100 ago. years ago. Uh, what else would I say? I might say Willow and Tara. 
from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Of course. Because I was going to say, because you can't say Buffy and Spike, even though I enjoyed them together, because there's that, because that one episode where which goes horribly, horribly dark in season yeah. six with Spike. That kind of poisons that whole romance. And Buffy and Angel just feels a bit like, also, they were in an abusive relationship. And sure, he was an actual literal demon, but still... I'm not, I'm not going with that one. So I think it would have to be Willow and Tara if we're going to go. And then, of course, she does go down the dark witch route at one point, which, again, isn't ideal. But uh... Have you ever watched an episode of Buffy? Okay. Shut up. I think we're getting, sensing a power. No, okay. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Carry on. Yeah, what, what's right, next we'll, on your list? What's we'll next get on... back to that. <laughs> yeah. We'll get back to that. Let's think, what else have I got? So shows that I would pick... Rimmer and himself from uh, from Red Dwarf. Oh dear. I mean, <laughs> that's just yeah. Yeah, that's just disgusting. No, just uh, I I don't know. I don't know. That's like literally. Is there I'm, anyone in the expanse? Any great couples in the expanse? I mean, sure, there are a number of them. Like I possibly pick if I was going to go there. I mean, obviously Holden and uh, and Naomi would be the obvious pairing. But, uh, you know, Amos and his gun, perhaps. That might be another good one. Yeah, it's hard to say. I think if I were to pick a Star Trek romance... Star Trek mm. romance. I could go with Major Kira and Odo, but there's something just quite icky about a woman in her sexual relationship with a shapeshifter who turns into a pile of goo and sleeps in a bucket. But uh, like, I, yeah, okay. you're missing out on. Yeah. I, I mean, you could go. You know, if you're going to pick Troy, is it Troy and Riker, her Imzadi, or is it Troy and Worf when she was going for a little bit of rough and tumble? Uh, it's uh, it's hard to say. You know, classic. <laughs> oh God, indeed. This is a nightmare. No, yeah. this is a nightmare. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if these are any help to you, Alex. Like, I have these think been useful not. in any way? <laughs> I think suddenly. Imagine Harold isn't looking so bad. No, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Well, let us know, but do let us know what you think. Yes, let us know, Alex. Let us know who you choose. We will read it out on this show because I definitely want to know. Uh, If you would like to have your question read out on this, our main podcast, or indeed on Pilot Plus, do send them over to us. If you are a Twitter person, then at Pilot TV Pod on Twitter. If you are more of an Instagram person, then at Pilot TV Pod on Instagram or at James C. Dyer on Instagram as well because I can get hold of my personal ones there. You know, chuck them over. Let us know what you think. Now let's get back to the important topic. So, Kay, you've never seen an episode of Buffy either. So... And this is a genuine question, and there, this is meant with no mockery. All right, that's not true. Yeah. This is meant with not as much mockery as a lot of the things I address your way. What is your issue with genre fiction, mm. with speculative well, fiction? science fiction in particular. Yeah. But, no, but, yeah. no, but like but Buffy's fantasy, like, do you, why do you hate all things mm. joyful? Why do you hate fantasy and science fiction? Personally, it's not for me. Have I you never enjoyed it's, anything fantasy silly. or science fiction? You think, think it's silly? silly yeah. It's silly. Well, and, 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 and when I you think say you're silly, silly as well. <laughs> fair um when you say silly it's silly because you can't relate it to the real world yes it holds no interest to me i mean i don't know how else to say it like i wouldn't choose to watch it right in it's the... quite it's to be fair it's quite a common um uh... by all small minded people yes i know that yeah, but uh... but you so it's, says james it's, it's, it's a bit hypocritical <laughs> for you to call someone else small minded for not liking an entire genre of creative um, stuff when you don't like comedy oh, oh, no, yeah point, and but... also he holds <laughs> stuff against a channel so it's like yeah that's that's exactly. also fair. Yeah. It's fair but you know i like to see with me it's kind of a quality screening process <laughs> yeah. in your case yeah. it's not uh, yeah like cuz Obviously, for me, speculative fiction, fantasy and science fiction, is the beginning and end of everything for me. Mm. Like even I would the, happily even the term both speculative fiction, two extremes, like, yeah. maybe somewhere in the middle. Yeah, or, but yeah, this is you know, hey, look, I had this this exact same relationship with Terry, but Terry would really surprise me. But Terry was no, Terry wasn't. Terry's sick. I mean, well, she likes Star Wars right, and things like that, but exactly. she's not. And, and Beth likes Star Wars. She's yeah. not really into genre, but she loves Star Wars. Yeah. Terry's not massive, but she enjoyed Star Wars. She'll watch the Marvel movies. She'll enjoy them. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, like, Terry she, had to had to be um, a, a fan of. Marvel. She was the editor of Empire Fair. throughout yeah, the yeah, entire yeah. period. But like, I'd ha- 
have to make her watch things like The Expanse. And, yeah, but you, you have know. to make everyone watch The Expanse. <laughs> <laughs> I made her watch Farscape as well. Farscape, even more yeah, so. That's yeah. true. No, no, Tony was, she, she liked a lot of genre stuff. There, but there are a lot of people who do take against sci-fi and fantasy. Because I think it's fantasy. infantile in some way. I, no, I don't think it's those. I mean, well, Kate, <laughs> I mean, Kate will have to explain. Yeah, Kate, Kate, you know, explain I, to I, us. The, I've met many people who, who say that it's... Because it is so, any you can invent. It's easier, but I think people think it's easier to invent a whole new world and and something completely and make it seem um, you know compelling, etc. As opposed to setting something in our recognisable world that we all live in, because it's harder to make that. It's tougher to um, make those stories interesting, different. See, funny, I would say the reverse. I know true. you would, yeah, yeah. But, but it's a very common line of thought. I think for people to think, oh, oh, they're just making it up. It's setting the planet. Mm. I mean, anyone could do that. You know, I feel that, like, and I'm not saying in any way that that's what Kay's v- v- version of events is. And and all, similarly, though, on a slight tangent to that, which is, it just can't be bothered to. It feels like a very time-consuming thing. A lot of these things. A lot of things are huge sagas, aren't they? Yes. You know, there's like a massive a, a, investment a, you of listed, time. Funny enough, you're listing of the Star Trek stuff at the beginning, <laughs> off the top of your head. By the way, of course, it's like, oh yeah, where do I start with that? It's it's daunting as well. well and to what point? Is what? there a point where, like, so so like, let's take one of the shows that's later on, so better, which is on BBC. That starts. You think I know who this woman is? She's in a pub. I understand the setting. Oh, she's a cop. Oh, she's also a bit dodgy. Like, you immediately know kind of where you... I mean, you can't... It's such a bad example because it's actually quite complicated to work out what's going on in that show early on. But, <laughs> yeah. but you understand, like, you you understand, broadly speaking, the roles these people are playing. Whereas if you go into something like The Expanse or Star Trek, presumably when Kay's going, she's like, what the yes. fuck yeah, 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 is yeah. going on? Like, you and don't frankly, understand the I don't always want to have to work so hard to understand something. Do you know what I mean? Like, after long days, you know, I'm at work, You don't want back, it to be taxing. I, yeah, I mean, I will watch taxing stuff, but yeah. sometimes if it's super complicated or if I'm going in to a, <laughs> a franchise like this blind yeah. it can be a bit you're going to have a fucking field day when Foundation comes back which is like the densest thing alive oh, um, I might be on holiday then you absolutely Beth won't I will in. send it to you uh, <laughs> boys, I'm the opposite and Boyd and I have talked about this like boys oh, I can't remember the names for all these things I'm like I live for this stuff like give me the most dense mm. mythology imaginable yeah. and when we talk about Carnival Row like one of the things I love about that show is it it beautifully renders this fantasy world this believable fantasy world and mm. it has enough you know common touch points with our own world that you can latch onto it quite easily but there are centaurs and fairies and trolls and stuff you know I, I love this stuff absolutely love it yeah, I'm you're just missing the, out I'm just the opposite I, I, but the thing is I recognise like, I can see how passionate you get about it and it makes me want to like it more does it though? <laughs> it makes you want to like it more or like yeah. me less yeah. I mean that's a given but um, yeah. if you okay what's an entry point sci-fi thing that you well, would it's going to give you some well, no, well, so you say that but Star Trek I wouldn't necessarily call it an entry point. Like it's got a lot of relatable themes to it, but Star Trek has a very distinct science-based universe. It's not hard sci-fi, but it's very it, it's very it fetishizes science and technology in a way that, for example, Star Wars does not. So Star Wars is like s- space I mean, opera. Even if this you will. is just turned like oh, I know. switching no, it's, it's, it's I'm just like shut down. So there are subgenres of these fancy things, like <laughs> to a great are. extent. So like Carnival Row is kind of like a steampunk fantasy setting in a kind of an urban sort of industrial era world. Star Wars is space fantasy if oh you don't like. get us started on retro future by the way well oh, and we're going to get on to uh, retro yeah. futurism oh, like, can I just say spoiler alert no. fuck that <laughs> come on, oh. 
That is a spoiler. That's a spoiler for Pilot Plus. We will be reviewing Hello Tomorrow, <laughs> which is Apple's retro future thing. So there are all these subgenres of stuff. So the expanse is to a certain extent, it's actually very scientifically accurate. It's, they put a lot of thought into the science of it, but it is kind of like space operatic when you get into the the broader story of it. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Boyd's making me laugh. Uh, yes, Sorry, I can tell. Whereas like something like Foundation is proper idea-driven hard sci-fi, mm. more so in the books than it is uh, in the TV series. But, I have to tell you, I'm just nodding now. Yeah, you've just mm. you've stopped because it's so about, hot, yeah. and then all, you just all these words <laughs> coming at me. Um, look, what what more can I say? I've said I'll watch two of your shows. So. Okay, okay, that's, that's as is, much as I can commit right this now, is, guys. This is going to be interesting. I'm going to put a lot of thought into what you should uh, <sighs> be watching. I've genuinely forgotten where we were in the podcast. Yeah, it is so I've hot in here at this well. point. I think we're up uh, to news. News. Yes. I think we're up to news. There is a lot to talk about in news. So, God, where do we even begin? I mean, let's begin with the most insane thing. Faulty Towers. Oh, is this is back. my news. I, I can't even bear to talk about it because this is <laughs> the worst news. Like, for anyone who hasn't heard, Faulty Towers is being revived by John Cleese and his daughter Camilla, um, who are writing a script together. And apparently it will follow how Basil Fawlty navigates the modern world and explores but- the relationship relationship between Basil relationship. and... <laughs> that would be more interesting. Yeah. Relationship. Um, yeah. Between Basil and a daughter he's but, only just discovered. But how do you think John Cleese is going to do it? Because it must be... It's going to be really hard for him to play a really sort of un-PC, <laughs> unwoke character, you know, in the modern world, sort of jarring at <laughs> things. I think Very it good. might be quite a stretch for him. Yeah. Mm. You know, he's, he's also getting a show on GB News. So this is I what fucking so, bet no. he is. Yeah, yeah. I no, bet he is. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So you're faced with someone... <laughs> no! Yes! Yeah. You're faced with basically a GB News presenter is... Go- I mean, that just put... For me, that put into more perspective than the fact that he is reviving he's fully within his rights right to yeah. revive his own show a character who he has steadily become yeah. over the years absolutely <laughs> although of course he did the original 40 towers was co-created with by connie him connie booth, booth. Yes. And, and and never underestimate the importance of connie booth in that creative relationship mm. yeah. because obviously she brought a huge amount to that show and now he's running with his daughter yeah like whatever um nepo yeah, nepo, nepo, nepo baby, baby. um <laughs> For me, I always think that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, the original will always be there. I always think this, you know, with everything, you know, yeah, no, no, but I'm about to, but, but, so 99% of the time, I don't care about this, whether or not, just on, on, care about the actual, um, you know, idea of it. I kind of always think, all right, everything gets rebooted in the end. But this is like, as if like Orson Welles is, you know, stepson's brother's cousin decided to reboot Citizen Kane or something. It's so, Insane because Forty Tales is the Citizen Kane of TV comedy. It is one of the probably the greatest TV comedy of all Agreed. time. Co-sign. And famously, famously, only had twelve episodes. Yeah, they famously stopped doing twelve it. perfect episodes. Perfect episodes. They stopped doing it because it was perfect in the same, and that had a huge influence. Always, Ricky Gervais talks about and Stephen Merchant how that's why they only did two seasons of The Office, etc. And now he's ruining that, and you know, and it's going to be shit. It, well, it, it, might, it might be all, shit. It might it's be, shit. be shit. I never judge anything until I see it. I do. But, <laughs> uh, but I mean, to be fair, bearing in mind that he's now a GB News host and reading his Twitter feed, and his, he seems to have lost all of the the subtle nuance of comedy that made him such a genius, comedy genius to begin with, both in Monty Python and and 40 Sours, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and some great films. And he seems to become like a kind of caricature grumpy old twat who mm. complains about wokeness and that is that, Piers so that's, Morgan basically yeah so if he hadn't you know if it had just been John Cleese from kind of like as I remember him like even 10, 20 years ago you know even when Fishgold Wonder came out or something I wouldn't be so scared of this as a project but because he has become this person a bit of a, bit of a stereotyped you know 
old twat, with all due respect. <laughs> it's, it feels like it is going to be horrific. But maybe I, his daughter will... But it's his daughter, if you'd have got, like, another creative person who wasn't a well, this, family the member. The thing is, we don't know because we don't know what her... Oh, I don't know her background. Maybe she's a brilliant oh, comedy I know, writer. But, what I mean, but you'd think he needs someone to rein in. you think, is his daughter really going to be in that, you know, the person I think what to he needs to do is not do it. <laughs> well, yeah, I agree. Because yeah. he's got every right, but yeah. I just think it's going to sully the legacy yeah. of what was, as you say, 12 perfect episodes. Yeah. I mean, I used to love that show, watch it repeatedly. I listened to it on audio cassette, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I just I loved it so, so books. much. And the fact yeah. that, usually I get excited at news when, you know, like, it, even with Frasier, I was like reticent, but I thought, no, no, this could be good. This, I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, it's it's astonishing. But it's not the only one, is it? It's not the only one. We have a bunch of other spin-off things been announced this week. So Dexter is not only getting a second season of Dexter New Blood, which was the belated reboot of Dexter, which ends, should we say, quite definitively. So that's an interesting... I mean, obviously, you can if, if you've seen it, you can probably predict where this is going to go, and I'm not sure that's a particularly good idea, but you know what, I'll go with it. But we're also getting a Dexter origin story. As well. So this is Showtime. No, sorry. I mean, it's Paramount Plus with Showtime. <laughs> or Paramount Plus, it's Showtime, as they should have called it. Uh, they have doubled down on franchises. They have announced a whole load of spin-offs, And this was the first one. So we're getting Dexter, New Blood Season 2, and we're getting a Dexter origin story. This, despite the fact that Season 1 of Dexter is literally a Dexter origin story, which goes into his childhood and his brother Brian and a whole other thing. So that's happening. But they have also announced Billions spin-offs. See if you can guess what the billions spin-offs are called, Kay. Mm-hmm. No, I'm serious. See if you can guess. Millions. That's one of them. Oh my God. Can you guess another one? Thousands? No, thousands of shits. Millions Gazillions. Gazillions, yeah. Trillions. Trillions. Oh. Billions and trillions will be spin-offs. Uh, sorry, millions. Millions and trillions. <laughs> yeah. uh, gazillions has yet to be announced, but it's only a matter of time. But yes, Squillions. Squillions. Squillions, yeah. So four series connected to the oh. Billions franchise have been announced. It no. includes millions and trillions. And This has I, to be a joke. It's absolutely not a joke. This is a thing that's actually happening. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm, I, I could tell you what they're about, but do, do you care? Like, I mean, it doesn't really matter, does it? No. Uh, I mean, it's it's quite exhausting. It's it makes me tired. I mean, I gave up on actual billions, you know, kind of a couple of years ago. Sure. Even though I did enjoy it, it was at its height. It was a really entertaining show. Brilliant, you know, brilliant actors in it, and uh, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But the idea of Trillions and, and trillions and yeah. thousands, hundreds of thousands. Yeah, that's looking not, forward to squillions. No, that's not that's not what anyone uh, why I need. No, I agree. It is not what anyone's. But you know what people do need, boys. You know what people <laughs> don't just need, but yeah, air conditioning. But you know what they're crying out for. Tell me, James. And that's more Bosch. That's what they want, oh, more yes. Bosch. Oh, yes. Now, that is exciting. So we have more Bosch. How, how is... Like, see, Kay is excited by the prospect of more Bosch. This is, this is, yes, this is, this is I like great. Bosch. You like so, Bosch? On a, on a former podcast, uh-huh. someone might say better podcast, right. a podcast called Basic Binges, right. we used to review Bosch. Yeah. And I loved it. And um, Tyson used to tweet us, and it was lovely. Who yeah. knew that this was going to be our common yeah. ground, Kay? That we would this connect is the thing we could be friends over. Over Harry yeah. Bosch. So, uh, obviously, Bosch finished, but then was resurrected on Amazon Freebie as Bosch. Legacy, uh, which we hosted the premiere for on this very podcast. But we've got two spin-off shows coming from Bosch Legacy now. And the first is an Bish. untitled... Yes, Bish, Bish and Bash. Bash. That's exactly it. <laughs> Bish and Bash are the two new shows. No, the first is an untitled J. Edgar show, uh, which follows uh, Harry's What's former partner. Uh, and uh, and and this shows uh, Detective Jerry Edgar, who is Bosch's former partner, uh, and he is uh, tapped for an undercover FBI mission in Little Haiti in Miami. Uh, so it's all about Jerry Edgar. And obviously that's played by Jamie Hector, who we love from The Wire. He's very, very good. I love that character. I love that actor. 
very excited about that. Now, the other one is the untitled Renee Ballard show. Oh, and if you're saying, that one? And if you're saying... <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's too hot for this um, <laughs> and for those of you saying but but James I don't remember Renee Ballard that's because Renee Ballard has to the best of my knowledge not appeared in Bosch ah. but she presumably is a character from the Michael Connolly novels and uh, is part of the Boschiverse I have to say I'm, I'm behind with Bosch so I do need to catch up Boschverse yeah. Boschverse uh, rewatch yeah. needed yeah or even first watch yeah I mean it's, we, we, I'm Bosch fan as well so it's, it's vaguely exciting have you finished your reboot section yet? Have I finished the reboot? Well, I was going to... Well, do you want to tell us about what's going on well, with Yellowstone? The best news... Uh, oh, no. I didn't even see that. You haven't received... So, there's okay, there's so more Yellowstone. Oh, there's, oh, no. There's there's more and indeed less Yellowstone. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> so what's happening with Yellowstone is Yellowstone will end. It is finishing <gasps> with season five. Oh, my giddy Yellowstone the is finishing. The current season. Yeah, but I think it's just essentially Kevin Costner's strand of Yellowstone is ending. And it will then continue with Matthew McConaughey, <gasps> a Matthew McConaughey-led Yellowstone. Whoa. So I think Yellowstone, main Yellowstone ends. Obviously, we've had 1883 or whatever it was, and we've got 1923, which is an ongoing concern. And we're going to get another Yellowstone with Matthew McConaughey, which I think is going to like carry it forward once Matthew the Kevin McConaughey, Costner. Matthew McConaughey, yay. I'm into this. Yeah, once Yellowstone, the Costner one finishes. The McConaughey's. Yes. <laughs> McKellison's. Yeah. McKellison's. I don't know. Whatever. Something. Something. More of that. How did yeah. I miss this news? Uh, who knows, boy? Just break? You don't pay attention, clearly. That's that's what the problem is. Yeah. What's, quite, your, what's your exciting news? That's you quite have some... bold. Mm. Be for bold. My exciting... Have you finished your reboot section? Yes. Right? The reboot sure? section is done. There is... I went to a uh, Sky Television event on Monday, a press event with hosted by the Broadcast Press Guild, by the way, mm. which we should probably Fancy. all join because we review TV. It's basically for TV critics and, you know, TV writers. And there was an interview with Sky Bigwigs, Sky Bennett, who's the overall creative of all of Sky and... Um, a uh, woman who's in charge of scripted British scripted shows, etc. And I asked a question, which everyone needed to know the answer to. Two questions, right? One was, will what... they? Sorry, will they sponsor the podcast? <laughs> yeah. And secondly, <laughs> what's happening with Save Me? Because Save Me, uh, mm. Lenny James's masterpiece that went had there were two series on. Yeah, There's Save Me, Save Me Two. Yeah. We want Save Me Three. But he at the time, I remember we, I interviewed him at the time, and he, and I said, did you have ideas for a third series? And he was like, absolutely, I'd like to do a third series. But I haven't heard anything for years now. It's been quite a few years since Save Me Two. So I asked what's going on with that, and they basically revealed there and then that they are that it's in development. Oh, brilliant! And working on scripts. I well saw done, that story, and yeah. that you prompted that story. Yeah, and oh. all these like deadline and variety, <laughs> and they credit me with the fucking what? question. That's why they call you Boyd the News Hound. Exactly. And the second News Hound question I asked was, "What the f is happening with Peacock?" Yeah, oh, because, right. Yeah, because yeah, it's all in limbo, isn't it? Right, because Peacock arrived similar in a similar way to Paramount Plus, which is doing brilliantly. Yep. If, you, if you're a Sky Q subscriber, for example, you, it's there in your, you know, up yes. there in section, you click on yep. it. and, and it, but, but Unlike ITVX. Peacock has kind of just withered away, as we mm. mentioned a couple of times. And on the which means us, we don't have Poker Face. I specifically asked po mentioned Poker Face. So I said to Zaya, what's going on? You know, what is it? It's just disappearing. It's not really doing anything. When are we going to get Poker Face? And he said, you're right, basically now... Peacock has become just another one of those, well, not just, has become another one of those premium streaming services like, you know, or cable channels like Showtime and all yeah. those other things whereby people will be competing to acquire their shows. And as yet, that show has, has not, been, not acquired. been acquired by anyone. So Peacock is but, dead. 
None, it's kind of like there and, and I feel like every like there'll be a second series of what was that show where they all went off to an island that was a bit similar to um, the, the White uh, Lotus I think uh, it was, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going like Outer Banks or something no. you were actually talking about White Lotus okay, I think it was similar to the White Lotus right oh, oh, yeah. not yes. actually White Lotus no okay. do you remember you know what I mean yes okay, I can't remember what it's called though um, anyway and he said basically um, there probably will be one or two things that will come up but he didn't I, I got the sense that they may we may get to see the uh, Natasha Leon show, Poker Face, with Ryan, which is co-created with Ryan Johnson, on one or other of of, of channels quite soon. The resort, that was it. Thank you, Kay. We looked up that uh, show. <laughs> it was a bit like the White Lotus, <laughs> set in a resort, a luxury resort on Peacock. So, yeah, no news yet, but it's like, it's percolating. I feel like someone is going to buy it and acquire it and show it soon. But it's 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 annoying that we have to wait a long time. Well done for asking the questions that everyone wanted the answers to. Oh, well done. Hashtag journalism, boy, don't we? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hashtag journalism, yeah. My can's got cold. Uh, well, oh, my, no. my can I is now I thought, you were, I thought you'd kind of wilted a bit. No, the, the can is now room temperature. I was going to actually maybe have some of that because It I'm is no longer now. giving me... Do you really want to drink from the can that I have been rubbing all over myself? Oh, God, no, you're right. I don't. Okay, <laughs> no, fine. No, I'll just die of dehydration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... Okay, there's probably other news, but do we want to do any more news or are we done with No, I, mean, I think... I think we... I'll do one other news. How about this? Because it's a bit boshy in this one. This is like, think about the female equivalent of Bosch if you want... Prime suspect. Massive, No, massively long-running um, series of crime novels. Has anyone read the Kate Scarpetta series? Yes. Yes. Dr. Kate... K- yeah. No, oh, but Scarpetta. Patricia Colmore. Patricia Colmore, yeah. Patricia Colmore, mm. they're really good, those novels. Uh, I reviewed her once, once. I reviewed one once on Simon Mayo's show when I used to review books every week with the author there. In front of her, that, that so, format, I know, I'm never going to understand. I know it was it was astonishing. Don't get me wrong, but the rumor is, the news is, according to Showbiz Bible Variety, that Nicole Kidman is going to play Kay Scarpetta. Which I think is she'll be great idea. as Kay, and even yeah. better, even better, Jamie Lee Curtis is going to play her sister Dorothy in an Amazon series based on the novels. Oh, I'm and excited it, about this. Yeah. I mean, if that is, and reps for Amazon declined to comment, what that means is this is absolutely happening. <laughs> but we haven't announced it yet, and it's leaked out. Yeah. Um, and it's being written by a woman called Liz Sarnoff, who works on Barry, which is one of the greatest things, yep. as everyone knows, and Lost. I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, in all, all in all, that is the most exciting. Do you know which book they're going to adapt first? Of the week. It does not say. It says okay. they're going to have a two season order of eight episodes each, which is a bit like. Harlan Coburn? Like Harlan. No. You know, on Prime Video. You're going to have to be more specific. Uh, Reacher. You think of Reacher? Reacher. Reacher. Yes. Yeah, I see it as like a Reacher. I can't wait for Reacher season two. Yeah, exactly. Same. Okay, good. Let's call let's call a full lid on news. Uh, oh no, there's one other thing I want to mention. It's got a DNR. It's got a DNR. It. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna re-NR it just very very briefly uh, because there's something that I do want to mention, and that's just because we have to do it. Apple have announced a 14th one-word show beginning with S. <laughs> that is good. We yeah. now have sharper. Sharper oh. now joins ah. Swagger, Suspicion, Surface, Shantram, Severance, Servant, Sea, Shrinking, Schmigadoon, Stillwater, <laughs> Slumberkins, and the films. But you know, Spirited in Sydney. Uh, yes. Sharper is a film. Just to, it is just a film. You're right. It is actually. I've actually seen yeah. as well, by the it's way. Not, it's not a show. It is a film. It's not a show. It's a no. film directed by Benjamin Caron, British, yeah. um, the Crown director. It's got a fantastic cast of Julianne Moore, Sebastian Stan, Justice Smith, and John Lithgow. And I've seen it. Have you seen it? I have not. It is. An absolute load of old nonsense. But, 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 I didn't think you were going that way. Highly entertaining. Okay. okay. Yeah, mm. it's good. very, it's great fun. Really good fun. Very Sharper good. And beautifully made, as all Apple things are. Let's move on to the highlight of this week's show. <sighs> it's reviews. And first, and most importantly this week, we have the return 
of Star Trek Picard, which once more sees Patrick Stewart as retired Admiral Jean-Luc Picard returning for one final mission after the unspeakable horror that was Picard Season 2. Now, I could talk about this all day, but who <laughs> really wants to hear that? No, I think it is You're, only no, fair... No, people who like the show do want to hear it. It is only fair to pass this on to no. our newly minted Star Trek expert, a woman who has the prime directive sewn into her DNA, who drinks Romulan ale with every meal and has never let a plate of gacht knowingly pass her by. Lifelong Trekkie, live long and prosper. It's Kay Ribeiro. Make I it so. You. <laughs> I hate you both. <laughs> Oh God! Like no one, no one wants to hear this. I mean, everyone wants no, to hear don't. this. No, they don't. Okay, look, I'm going to be very brief. Put it like this: I was watching it, and it's, it's you know, it's good. <laughs> it's well made. It's it's and Boyd, good. Boyd kept on saying to me, "Oh God, I wish I wasn't sitting next to you while you're watching this," because I kept on asking him questions, <laughs> like, "Why do they have funny ears?" Um, <laughs> oh God! I mean, flashbacks. Though. Yeah. But, right, I don't know if any of this is spoilers, that's the thing, so you don't want to throw to me oh, first. Oh, yeah, you've got to be careful, yeah. Yeah, like Beverly, yeah. are we allowed to mention Beverly? Uh, yeah, I think that's fine, she's okay. in all the trailers, you're all good. <laughs> right, so I was like, what's the deal with Bev? Like, what's going on with her and Picard? You know, her and Picard used to... Yes, but, yeah. well, you say that, but his actual words were, we tried to be lovers. I mean, how, I mean, what does that... Subtext, inf- Picard fucks, that's all you need to know. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, some, no, no something he failed to. Yeah, he, fa- he tried and he failed. <laughs> tried and I, we tried to be lovers. Yeah. Oh, I see, we <laughs> oh, I see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Trust yeah. me, James, if a... anyone says yeah. to you, we tried to be lovers, <laughs> you're going to worry about <laughs> yeah, it, okay? Yeah. It means there was a space Viagra situation. Yeah, yeah. Right, I yep, see. Yep, yep, yep. Don't worry, it happens to all admirals at one time or another. <laughs> I mean, he's now in his 80s. He's like, engage, it? engage, <laughs> God damn it! Oh, God, Star Trek bants. Anyway, so yes, I found it enjoyable. You Set phases to fuck. Anyway, so. Carry on. Carry on. Oh, no. Sorry, I'll stop now. Oh, God. If only you would. Um, Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's enjoyable. You know, the whole lads, old boys on tour, which I presume that's what they're doing in this rescue mission. It is. The Um, lads, lads back together, lads. lads, So, yes, it was a thing that I watched. It was vaguely enjoyable. I I didn't understand a lot of it. I was was sort of bemused by, uh, is it Commander Hansen? Her yes. weird eyebrow dormant. What's that about? Let's see. Commander Hansen, aka Seven of Nine, yeah. tertiary adjunct to Unimatrix Zero oh One, God. is a former Borg who was assimilated by the Collective in the Delta Quadrant when she was a child and has now been sort of brought back to you know her human form. But those are the remains of her Borg implants. She also has many oh. nanobots. So what does that help her do? Doesn't other really than do look really cool. It, it just it just shows. <laughs> so you have to understand. So Voyager was one of the least popular Star Treks when it started off, mainly because the enemies were the Kazon, who were like shit Klingons with tissue paper in their hair. And so they thought, okay. well, how can we make this good? I know. Let's find an actress with, shall we say, a generously endowed chest who is very attractive. Let's make her a former Borg and let's have her sex up the crew of Voyager. And amazingly, ratings went through the roof after this happened. So it was quite a shrewd move. But uh, yes, that. That was that was the thing that happened. Okay, well, I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, I had no idea what the red lady is or was. Well, you were you yeah, we the people that. in the show. Exactly. Okay. That is a mystery in That's the show. That's a mystery. To be fair, okay, fine. So I thought it was just something I wasn't picking up on. And then there was stuff falling out of the sky. The end. There was. Yeah. Good. That's my, that is my very thoughtful review of it. Right. Okay. Well, who is your favourite character? Um, oh, God. I mean... Now you're pushing it. Yeah, none of them. You couldn't name any of them, could you? Well, I mean, well, Picard. Picard. Right? Yeah, I okay. mean, he's pretty good, isn't he? He's all right. Pa- Paddy Stewart, you can't go wrong. Oh, I do like Pat Stewart. I met him once outside a theatre. <laughs> <laughs> 
There you go. So I'll give you that, James. There we go. I mean, because you met him once. He was, yeah. yeah, he was nice. A life in the theatre, 2005. I've seen that with, with, with Pacey. Yes. That's why. Oh I'm my a God, Pacey I went fan. to that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And I met Pacey outside. It was the best Did day you? of my life. Yeah. I didn't meet Pacey. Oh, I love, yeah, I stalked him. I love Joshua Jackson. Anyway, so I'll just say Picard because it's the only name I can remember other than Beverly. Okay, great. Boyd, what do you think of Boyd, it? Boyd, did you have a crusher on this? Oh, Sorry. that's uh, your original intro. It wasn't. I just made it up now. Oh, okay. That was off the cuff. Yeah, because Bev, Bev Crusher is the um, device, is the plot device, yes. which brings... Gates McFadden. Yes. which the brings, former doctor. Exactly. Which brings Patrick Stewart, Dean's John Luke Picard, back into having a mission... Yes. Because she calls out from him from, you know, wherever she space. Else he is, space. Um, and he doesn't understand. He gets this kind of distress call and doesn't understand what the fuck's going on. But he does immediately snap into action, um, finds Riker, who is in looking very good, I thought, Jonathan Franks, mm. and considering, obviously, is, you know, how old is he now? He is 70. Looks great for 70, you think? Yeah. James. And they snap into action and they try and find out where she is. And then there's another bit where one of the other old characters, she's on a kind of other planet which looks exactly like Blade Runner. Um, <laughs> even to the point where I, I realized it was actually a tribute to Blade Runner when they flashed. You know the bit I mean? Where they suddenly go to this rainy, neon yeah. place yeah. and she actually sits at a a, Jap- a noodle bar. Yes. I mean, does. could not have it's, been more yes, like Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. Very yeah. Blade Runner. And then there's this whole kind of bit at the end. Ed Spaliers shows up, who's a very busy man at the moment because he's in you. Indeed. And he's in this. We won't say anything more about his character because that is a spoiler. Yeah. And do you know what? This is... I watched season one of um, of uh, Picard. All of it? Very much enjoyed it. In the end, all of it, yeah. Okay. I started season two and yes. it was not good, as you say. No. But I'm absolutely delighted by this series, I have to say. I thought it was fun. I thought it was very well modulated in the sense that it's aware that it's fan service, which it is. But I, again, another thing I always say, I'm saying, I keep saying I always say, so if anyone cares what I always say, okay? But I do always say, <laughs> I make a note there's of nothing it. wrong with fan service if you believe in the thing that it's using mm-hmm. to entertain you as a fan. And if the way it's appealing to you as a fan has a any kind of common sense and reality to it, and if you're convinced by the situation, then it's fine. It's absolutely fine to appeal to white people who love this show, and that's what this does. It, it absolutely reunites vast swathes of Star Trek: The Next Generation, which, by the way, is anyone listening to this podcast for the last four or five years? I've not, not. I'm not even a fan of Next Generation. I'm all about the original, the OG Star Trek. But I, I, it was still lovely to see characters from that show reunited in a kind of authentic way. It reminded me of Star Trek The Motion Picture in a way that, you know, because that's that brought back, that, that, that film came out a long time after the original show finished. And if you're a fan of the original show, to see those characters brought back and reunite with each other, there's something incredibly enjoyable, entertaining and lovely about that. And it was very well handled at the time. There's, I even thought that the fetishization of this ship that they go into... What ship is it? What's it called? The ship? USS Titan. Titan. It was a bit like the fetishization of the ship in Star Trek The Motion Picture. There's quite a long oh, scene. The Motion Picture just... has proper ship porn in it. The yeah. Motion Picture has... what uh, famous Back then, back in the day, imagine back then, was it 1979? Something like that. Something like yeah. that. I went to the cinema on the day Star Trek The Motion Picture opened as a Star Trek fan. 12, 13 years old or whatever. And there's a, literally like a 
five, ten minute scene, yeah. which is just traveling around the USS Enterprise because it seemed so amazing at the time that it felt so huge. And that is an entire scene of this film. Just the plot just literally stops. the best scene in the film. Yeah, the whole film yeah. stops just so you can show you the USS Enterprise from all angles in about ten minutes. This kind of had a little bit of that with it fetishizing that sh- that ship as well, the Titan in this show. And I thought that was a tribute to Star Trek Motion Picture. It uses all of like almost every single theme music from every Star Trek that you could ever think of, one way or another, which I thought was brilliant. So done away with that very whimsical yeah. Picard yeah. with his face. Right. That kind of uh, intro sequence. And instead we get a slightly stylized riff yeah. on the next gen Which theme, I love. And it goes very quickly and they use a similar typeface. Yeah. Like they're deliberately keeping it of a piece with next they gen. Are. And even visually, even visually, it's kind of like, a bit like The Next Generation was, yeah. but slightly more lush. And La- it feels latter years, it next feels generation, latter years, slash yeah. next gen films. So yeah. bottom line, I really liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was it's total fan service, shameless. Why not? Why not give us give fans what they want? And and, and especially, you know, you can't go on with Patrick Stewart being full on kind of. That, that at one point, there's a little lovely chat between him and um, Riker, and they're just literally sitting there going, "This is going to be fun, isn't it?" Or something, yeah. you know, or worse yeah. left. And you're like, "Yeah, it is." Yeah, it is a triumph. It is an absolute triumph. And I hated. Star Trek 2 with the power of a Genesis device. I absolutely detested it because it didn't know what it wanted to be. It didn't know what it was doing. Because on the one hand, what it did was Star Trek's greatest hits. Like it was fan service to the point where they were just recycling old ideas. Oh, it's the Mirror Universe. Oh, we're going to go back in time, slingshot around the sun, all that Star Trek 4. Oh, we're going to use that Voyager 2 part where we go back to Earth as well. Like all old ideas redone. And then the plot was just nonsensical. And then they tried to go on this kind of anti-ice thing, which is fair enough, but like I'm not sure Star Trek's a place for it. But so they have all these old ideas and these dreadful bits of fan service, including a cameo from Wesley Crusher that I can't even talk about. And but but despite trying to go all fan servicey, they also tried to broaden it out for people like Kay. So instead of being set on a spaceship, it's set in modern day Earth. Mm. And it's like, this isn't Star Trek, and it's not good drama, and it's not well written, and it's not great. Now, this third season feels like a deliberate course correction from season two but it isn't because it was shot back to back with season two so clearly they'd always determined to do this but what this does this doesn't feel like a kind of like a a, hey remember that Star Trek it was quite good it feels like this is Star Trek and this is good like this feels like one of the great episodes of Star Trek just like the mood the themes everything about it them going back into space yes they're older and yes this has been sold on the reunion of all the great characters Geordie's in it Worf is in it there are some other surprises in there as well all of this is in there but it really feels like you're watching a great episode from the peak of Star Trek. It had a lot of Deep Space Nine in it, this. It had that real sort of, like, gritty feel to it. And I was really, really taken with this. Uh, yeah, it's lovely spending time with these characters again, but I think just even as a story, because, you know, even Star Trek Discovery, which starts really strongly, the first season of Discovery is fantastic, it went off the boil a little bit. Whereas this feels like it start, it's really tightly written Star Trek. There are a couple of bits, I would say... The Blade Runner sequence has some bits that wobble slightly, only very slightly though, mm. uh, and I could forgive them. And there's fan service in here, and that a few things are l- designed to elicit whoops from people like myself and squeeze, you know, like there are there's cameos of people and ships and whatnot. And that is fan service, but it does, as you said, Boyd, it serves the overall story, and the overall story is really compelling. I've watched six of these episodes, six out of, <laughs> of ten, and I was bereft when I, I was like, "Give me more, give me more now! Yeah. I have to have more of this. This is Star Trek like I've not seen in years. This is." like absolutely give me another one pour it into my veins Star Trek and and I was absolutely over the moon with stuff see you laugh you laugh Kay but 
You laugh. No, you laugh. You laugh at me. No, I'm not. It's just like you look so happy. I fucking love this shit. But you have to understand, like when I was a teenager, like Star Trek was my escape. Like when I had like anxiety, when I was kind of like a bit depressed, when I was a bit sad, you know, when whenever anything was bad, my refuge was Star Trek. And so much so, and I think I've talked about this before, like I had the Star Trek NCC-1701D Enterprise D uh, technical manual. And I literally had the And when I was feeling a bit, I used to get like, come to some sort of exams, I used to get like panic attacks. And I would read the Star Trek technical manual to go to my happy place. This is absolutely true. And that true. used to calm you down. It used to calm me down reading the Star Trek Enterprise D technical manual, which is almost beyond parody for me. <laughs> but Do you know it's... what? Do you know what? I used to have the technical manual hey! for, for, the, oh. for the OG one. See, yeah. I knew there was a reason yeah. why we got to... I was we, really, we really into it. Honestly, not yeah. a little bit. This I is was why we bond. We, yeah. we, are, we are the same. Yeah. But of uh, the OG, though. Yeah, the OG, because mm. it's more your generation. Yeah. I have no time my for the OG. My generation! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. Well, you grew up with that. I, I grew up with next generation. This is like what it is. Like You know, Kay would be a child of... I don't know. I guess. I guess mm. you'd be a, a voyager. You'd be a child of voyager. I would say. If she, yeah. Uh, if she gave a shit. If she gave a fuck, <laughs> she'd be a child of voyager. No, but, I no. I'm enjoying hearing her. Yeah, but what you. I'm going to say is, this is brilliant. If you ever loved Star Trek, watch this. A hundred percent. And I know. I know what you're going to say. But James, we were burned by season two, and I'm still in therapy from like, dealing with the PTSD of having watched. I know. Believe me, I know. I bear the same scars you do. Don't watch it. If you haven't watched it already. Skip the whole fucking thing. All you need to know is that Picard is now having sex with his anything. Romulan housekeeper. That is the only plot yes, point you need to carry indeed. away from season two of Picard. Yeah, okay. Is that a spoiler? I mean, who cares? Look, it's a thing. I have, I'm doing a public service. Don't watch season two of Picard. Watch season one, then go straight to season three. Yeah, Jump you literally, on. I mean, I can confirm you. Yeah. I, I didn't watch, I only watched yeah, one episode just don't of season do it. two. And it do has not do it to yourself. And you'd not need to yeah. see any of it. That way, sad and the slides. And they make it quite clear that what his relationship with the Romulan house is. <laughs> yeah, it's in the first episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you don't yeah. need to watch it. There is nothing you need from season two of Picard. And it's great. And now this airs on mm. Amazon Prime, because of course it does, as Picard always airs on Amazon Prime. But that's not the only place it airs, is it, Void? No, they announced this week that Paramount Plus is showing it as well. Day and date time and time or wherever it is, you know, as soon as it arrives in on in America, it's gonna arrive here. So yeah, you have a choice of watching on Paramount Plus or um or Prime Video. I don't know why, but you know, I guess Paramount Plus wants to be the home, doesn't it? Yeah, Every because they own Paramount. Paramount. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and one of their yeah, they market big, it as the home of Star Trek. Yeah, yes. so you know, so I think they paid weird. Amazon a sum of money to be allowed to show it there as well. You do think they must at some point they just realized, hold on, we should be showing this as well. <laughs> yeah, but, and Prime's video is like, yeah, but you signed a deal, you know, yeah. and then they just went, all right, we'll show as well. We'll both have it. It'll yeah, be fine. Here, yeah. here's a load of money. Let us have it as yeah. well. Yes, uh, but you can watch it in either of those places from Friday the seventeenth, I believe. So there we go. That was Picard. The Show of the week. Now, uh... <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, but, but before we get on to that, let's move on to the next show for this week. And we have BBC thriller Better, which sees Layla Farzad as Lou, uh, a police inspector who has a very inappropriate relationship with local gangster Cole, played by Andrew Buchan. Now, he, interestingly, also appears this week as Mikulas Veer, a member of the packed military brass in Carnival Row, which is, of course, the best place you'll see him this week. But you can hear all about that on Pilot Plus and I slightly digress. So, Better drops as a box set on 13th of February, but Boyd, is it, in fact, better than Carnival Row? Answer, don't be ridiculous. Yes, but also, you call, what did you call him, Andrew? 
Buchan? Buchan? Is it just Buchan? Is it Buchan? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah, so. But this would be like one of these situations where I said, oh, you know, I was talking about, oh, you're Paul Reedy. And you went, I think it's Paul Reddy. No, Reedy, so, you were right. And so I think I went, I went and so I did an interview but and I said, I oh, it's Paul Reddy. I said, it's Reedy. Oh, no. <laughs> well, you could have double checked, but I'm pretty sure that B U C H N A N is Buchan. I think it's Buchan. Buchan. Yeah. I think it's Buchan. That's yeah. fine. Well, I um, think, you know, maybe it's like Hyacinth Bouquet. Like he calls himself, <laughs> he calls himself Andrew Buchan when he's like, Buchan. But not only does he, is he in that thing, he also famously, what was his last role before this? His most Broadchurch. recent role? No. No, no, that was years ago. He was brilliant at Broadchurch, obviously. He was Matt Hancock in I... This England. Was Yes, he? in Ken Branagh's as, as Boris Johnson. He was brilliant as Matt Hancock. Is in it fact, weird in that, show. that when I see him, I always think of Jonathan Creek? A little bit, yeah. Was he in Jonathan Creek? No, but he looks like Jonathan Creek. Well, Alan, Alan, Alan yeah, Davis. No, Alan that's, that's madness. With a completely I... different short haircut. And <laughs> no, he different does a different face. haircut, but his face. face. He, I get him confused that is with, weird. with Jonathan that Creek. Is... It answers your question. <laughs> yes, it's weird. He doesn't look anything like him. I mean... But he does look like Matt Hancock, and he's a brilliant Matt Hancock. Jonathan Creek, famously with a tight curly hair. <laughs> yeah. I never said they had the same You're barber. Mad. <laughs> anyway, in this, as you said, he plays this like gangland gangster kind of uh, crime lord, and he's Irish as well. For some, now I looked this he up, is. right? And I don't. I mean, wait till you hear his accent in Carnival Row. Oh, he's okay. pactish in that. What? What? What is that? There, what accent? Is it's that? hard to say. It's, it like, seems like a faux Eastern European accent oh, he's doing in, in Carnival Row. I don't know why he has to be Irish. Now it may well be. I've only watched one episode. Right? Does it sound sexy? Well. No, I don't know about that. But because uh, um, he's absolutely not Irish, by the way, I, I had to look it up. Because in, in, in Jonathan Creek, Jonathan Creek, <laughs> in, in Broadchurch, I think that was pretty much his actual accent in Broadchurch. And I don't know why the character, the family has to be Irish, but they are, and that's fine. I'll, I'll, maybe that that will play out. But was, I, I kept thinking, I was distracted because I was thinking, was this role created for James Nesbitt? Because it's such a Jimmy Nesbitt like role. It you is know what I mean? Actually. Who is Irish? Yeah. Actually Irish, and also was a dodgy crim in that last thing he. Did that big that thing that came from the Makes of Line of Duty? Bloodlands. Bloodlands, thank you. I forgot the name of because of reasons. No. Um, <laughs> so I so I want that's just a side point. I, I have no evidence for it. I just think was it supposed to be with him? And then he thought, no, this is too similar to my role in Bloodlands. And Andrew Buckham got it. I may be completely wrong. But the most important thing about this show, well, two most important things about it are that it stars Layla Farzad, who is phenomenal as Naomi in I Hate Susie and I mm. Hate Susie too. She if I don't think anyone has deserved to get a lead role in a big drama series than Leila Faso because she's so fantastic as her best mate and agent or whatever, deeply flawed woman in I Hate Susie. And she is phenomenal in this, right from the word go. Yeah. She's brilliant. And it's also written by Jonathan Brackley and Sam Vincent, who wrote Humans, which was one which was of great. really good show, Humans. Um, I remember I went on set of the final ever scene of Humans and had a great time watching it. where we that. were introduced to Letitia Wright, among other yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. Incredible cast that show had. Yeah, um, Gemma Chan. Exactly. And they are really good writers. And I did think this is a really different, you know, there aren't, it's hard to come up with a different crime drama. This is a crime thriller. It's a cop show, etc. But it is genuinely original. And the, and the, um, even though it has things in common with Bloodlands, because spoiler alert, Jimmy Nesbitt's character in that is, is completely corrupt. Um, and Ben, and as is, as we find out very soon in this, it's not a spoiler, she is corrupt. It's like the first scene, yeah. Yeah, she is in thrall to <laughs> Andrew Buchan's character. From Carnival Row. From Carnival Row. <laughs> from Matt Hancock. Um, and so they have this weird, warped relationship where they've been working together for various reasons that then do get played out, that he basically uses her in his crime... Um, operation and she has to do stuff to him when he's she's on his beck and call basically and has to go and go to this pub where there's a body lying there yeah. and kind of work out what's going on 
But it's a really fascinating relationship because they're mates. Like, because they're mates as well. She and 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 there are certain things about this that really surprise me. For example, her husband knows about yeah. it all. Yeah. And you think in a normal that was such show, a good yeah, tw- yeah. It was such an unusual thing to do yeah. because in this thing, we will take weeks will play out whereby is she the whole tell thing him? is the husband yeah. doesn't know doesn't know, but no, yeah. he knows and just kind of deals with it. You and know, also, he finds ben- it a bit annoying. He finds it annoying, but he's also benefited from the yeah, money that comes yeah. from this. Yeah, yeah. they've been very they've got a lovely, lovely home with their teenage son who also has issues. Um, we should say no spoilers so it's really different it is really really different and you're never quite sure it's quite discombobulating because you're never quite sure if either of them both of them kind of tell each other what they think they should do about various ways that in which they think they're going to get into trouble that they're going to affect his criminal operation and then she goes oh well, well we should do this we really should do this as me her being the de- detective character and him being the, cr- the dodgy criminal and then she doesn't do that and then he says well you didn't do that and then but he's still quite reasonable about it it's like so far in this opening episode anyway he's reasonable like but towards all, the end you are getting very yeah, nervous and I know, tense, I know. Of, right? course, of course but that's what I thought works so well is it's so it has such a kind of based grounded feel to it that you, it feels so unmelodramatic in a yeah. way that it's really clever because by the end of that first episode where you're, you're where all the kind of power plays are being played out in front of you, and you're not sure who's got the upper hand really in this relationship between the two of them. It's it's just fascinating. It's gen, you genuinely want to see how it carries on and see how it plays out. So I think it's really really good. Bottom line, I agree. Hmm? I really liked it. I completely echo what you said about the fact that it's so nice that Layla Facade has finally got this lead role, deserved, and like she is so compelling as this character, very believable. I think it's really refreshing to see, I mean, we've seen a lot of bent male detectives, but to see a female one is, you know, unique spin and see how, you know, in cahoots she is with this guy and so willing to, you know, leave her ethics at the door to kind of just basically get loads of money from him. But there is this really interesting dynamic they have, which I find really intriguing and compelling. The fact that they're, They've got a brotherly-sister relationship, but also you think, is actually, is there something a bit more to it? Like, it's just really intriguing, that relationship. And also the, re- the relationship between her and her husband is fascinating too. And so I'll just allude to the fact that something happens which makes her reconsider this whole relationship and business agreement she has with Cole. And then it's like this tense situation where she decides to go on straight and narrow and it's then like can she can kind of like extricate herself from him he's obviously not going to let her go you know readily because she's very useful to him and and he's come to rely on her and loves her as a friend and business partner whatever and so it's like then really tense of like in in doing the right thing and resetting her moral compass um she is putting her family in danger and I think it's just fascinating and I, I really just found it great from the start I I found the way they render that character quite interesting early on because you it's it's quite dense early on in the I mean, despite me saying earlier that oh you know exactly what's going on in this kind of you really don't because I was I was very confused I got that okay so she is a cop oh okay but she's also doing some dodgy stuff but like I was I was struggling to figure out what was going on until it all clicked into place but I I think part of it's due to the fact that she doesn't play the role in a way you would think that role would go because at no point is she shifty at no point mm. does she seem a bit guilty at no point does she ever give herself a she has absolutely unflappable the balls on this woman like yeah. she's got such unflappable confidence she's completely unshakable even when almost caught red handed she just brushes it off with this supreme confidence she injects herself into situations which could completely unravel without a second thought and just barrels through them she has this 
unwavering confidence. And it's really unusual for this kind of setup because you normally have that bit of drama. Oh, like they're a bit nervous. Oh, I might be out on a limb here. She doesn't give a shit. Doesn't give a shit. I'm flappable balls. <laughs> You're totally right. And the lack of guilt is yeah. extraordinary. I mean, no. she's got this burner phone and she's just so, yeah. you know, cold. Like, she just does it, like, brazenly. Like, yeah, yeah. Get rid of incriminating evidence, sure. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Because I think what you're supposed to understand is she's been doing it for such a long time. Yeah, 19 years. Yeah, that it's completely second nature to her. Absolutely second nature. She's not all dabbling with a bit of corruption. Like, she is corrupt through and through. And she doesn't give a shit. She doesn't <laughs> care at all. She's my kind of woman. <laughs> Indeed. And so, what obviously her, what her, her change of heart in this, I guess that's which is the crux of this show, it makes it all the more interesting. But yeah, she's, she's really good in this. It's, uh, it's set in Leeds. Uh, you know, if you are if you are missing a bit of Yorkshire action now that Happy Valley is finished, maybe this will scratch that itch a little bit. But yeah, tenuous, but yeah, fair yeah tenuous, <laughs> very tenuous. Yeah, She's no Catherine Gaywood. Yeah, the, the north, north, it's all in yeah, the north. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah, better really than good. Mm. better than which comes to BBC One on the. He brings up the calendar Monday the thirteenth on the Monday the thirteenth, which is the today Nine o'clock the today <laughs> nine p.m. Nine of the p.m. Nine of the p.m. Right, right, right. Next up, we have. The 12 on ITVX, uh, which takes a jury's eye view of the judicial process as a woman goes on trial for the murder of her niece with Sam Neill defending, which I think means that by law... She's innocent because Sam Neill would never lie to us. Uh, Kay, as foreman of our jury, what say you? Um, I do you know what I've got mixed? I'm mixed about this. Is mixed it because it was very Australian? You no, know, I'm. Well, I'm of course, you're being just bigoted against. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not. No, racist. I'm just, I'm just yeah. pointing out that Kay, being extremely narrow-minded oh, as she, yeah. as we know yeah. she is, oh, yeah, okay. might have been put off by its <laughs> Australian. <laughs> just, just once more, could you do your Australian impression? <laughs> Bonza. Oh my god, terrible. It's even worse than the other one he did yet last week. <laughs> what my Boston accent. Oh god, don't oh please stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, I had mixed feelings about this. Uh, what I liked about it is um I really like stories where there's multiple like an ensemble cast, multiple strands to the storylines, i.e. like each character's got these back like of the jurors. So you fo- you follow the 14 jurors because there's two extras, they're chosen. So you see the the um process of choosing them and then you get to learn more about each of them. So their backstory their like their motivations how they're sort of all prejudiced in some way which I think is the bigger like overarching message of this that you know no one can ever come into a situation without any bias so I really like that and there's particularly some characters that I thought were better than others like there's a character called Georgina who tries to get out of jury duty because of her coercive husband oh yeah he's horrible yeah he was horrible but I found that really intriguing that whole strand was very intriguing Jared there's a student who's on scholarship and dealing with a teacher who believes kids like him black uh, let themselves down and they can make enough of their academic opportunity. So obviously quite hateful, but it's quite interesting to see a younger... It's quite a diverse mix, yeah, interesting cross-section of society on this jury panel. Um, and then you got Corey, this rich, or like, I don't know how old she is, in her 30s, like this orphan who hates her massive house and she's obviously got issues and she's very rich and privileged and yada, yada. Anyway, so very interesting, that part of it. But I just... I don't know, it's something about the main case. I don't know if it's because the story is sort of like, so she's on trial, as James said, the alleged murder of her 14-year-old niece. She, Kate, the woman, is a photographic artist and there's suggestion that she took inappropriate, provocative pictures. I don't know if it's that I'm just not, like sold on the case or what it is but I find her and I, she's got a very odd nervous energy this character Kate there's something about it that's not drawing in me in enough she, so, she has big guilty energy yes. yeah oh my god instantly you <laughs> presume that right so I mean you obviously assume her guilt because of how she acts which means that 
no doubt it, it will be that she's innocent. Because the other thing to say is the body hasn't been found of this girl. Yes, we don't even know the girl's technically been murdered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So There's a lot of assumptions here. Yeah. It was it was good, but I don't know if I'm going to continue. I don't know if it's hooked me enough mm. with the case. Boy, did it she's hook al- you. She's also an artist. Mm. This, this, as you said, this, uh, this kind of photographer artist. So she's got funny hair. She's got artist hair. She has hair, an undercut. An undercut. And she has bright red lipstick. I had an oh. undercut in the 90s. Did you? Did you? Wow. Yeah. Can we, photos, please share photos. I do have photos. Oh, oh, yes. I had I do longer share. hair with an undercut. Can't wait yeah. to see this. Look. Excellent. But anyway, this is about bright, me. Li- bright red lipstick as well? I did not wear. Okay. Bright red um, yes, so she insists she has this kind of arty thing going on. So partly, you know, it's like everyone mistrusts her. All the kind of, you know, basic people mistrust her. She's a bit arty. Yeah, and yeah, she's yeah. been taking maybe, in theoretically, dodgy shots of her own niece. I enjoyed it. I mean, it is... It is one of my favourite words, hokum. It is hokum. Um, it's a bit like Twelve Angry Men, obviously, with but without it not being all men, because back in the day when Twelve Angry Men was made, jurors had to be male, extraordinarily, thinking about it. Um, but Twelve Angry Men is all about, you know, the, the machinations of a jury. And I do intrinsically find court cases, courtroom dramas, resting on the machinations of the jury, like The Verdict, one of my favourite films of all time with Paul Newman. Fascinating. Mm. And sure enough, and what, and it's quite interesting that it's Australian because obviously they have slightly different rules. I don't I don't know, I haven't checked, but I'm pretty sure we don't have the rule that when they select the jury, they can literally go, no, we don't want them, and they yeah, immediately... Can. Can well, this, this, yeah, feels like can. Voir, this feels like voir dire in the US where right. you have jury selection. Oh, I don't believe we have it here. I don't here. believe we do. No. I think here, it's like, here's your jury, get the fuck yeah. on with I've it. I've done jury juice here. Oh. Have you? No. Yeah. Well, and when you did jury duty, the people were just rejected for. No, the way actually, they I think you know. When I said yes, I think I'm thinking oh, of all okay. the American shows yeah. I've yeah. watched. Yeah. But here, they re- they rejected without literally just looking at them. They're, they're mm. like, no, we don't like looking at that person. We don't want them in the jury. Um, stuff like that. So you kind of learn stuff like that. And I thought the best bit about the show was those the scenes, literally back in in behind the scenes with the jury, getting to know each other awkwardly. There's a guy who wears headphones all the time. There's a guy with a fuck you t-shirt. There's one there's, who doesn't want to be say his name. Don't want to say his name, which is headphones. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's like, yeah, the, so it's, it's setting you up for a 12 angry men style. Will their prejudices, because that was the whole thing about that film, that classic, classic film, um, will the prejudices get in the way of reaching the proper due verdict based on the actual evidence? And that stuff I love. But I did find the going into the home and private lives of all the different jurors a bit clunky sometimes. And where it, and particularly for me, there was a scene, I won't spoil it, it would be to go into any more detail, would spoil it, but there's a scene towards the end where the one character, you know I mean, goes into the bathroom while the other character she's with is like watching the news. That's what I'll say about it. And I found that whole way that played out completely ridiculous because like as if she wouldn't kind of realise something about what he's doing and, you know, like, be slightly worried oh. about it, maybe. Anyway, you'll see what I mean yeah, when yeah, you see yeah. the whole fucking thing. Yeah, they just completely lost me because I just thought that would not happen. I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, but on the other hand, it's got Sam Neill. It and, does. you know, Sam Neill, just watching him, he delivering his pre, his statement, his opening statement, you're like, oh, I mean, he is so fantastic in everything he does. He almost even managed to kind of make something of that fucking terrible Jurassic World Dominion film which is an absolute <laughs> diabolical monstrosity because he's so brilliant to watch he's such a pleasure to to see acting and he gives it this is all and he's great and he's brilliant and you want and he's, he's the, he's the um, lawyer for the prosec- for the prosec- for the defence and he is fantastic so I'm definitely I am going to carry on watching it half because of him to be honest half because I actually do want to know what the fuck happened in this fictional case I think the case is quite intriguing oh really see yeah. I'm, I just don't care no, about I the case yeah I'm not sure I care either oh uh, okay <laughs> 
like one happens. of those things where you're being led down the road of it would be prejudicial and bigoted for them to think that she did it, mm. right? Yeah. But in the end, probably she did. That's my feeling about this. Okay. Like, it's going to lead you all the way up. I may be wrong. I have no I just, idea. I've only watched, this yeah. feels to me like if it didn't have Sam Neill in it, people would see it differently to how they probably will yeah, see it. Yeah, probably right. I feel like he elevates this oh, God, from yeah. this rather first base, not particularly interesting or outstanding series. Did we say series. it's based on a Belgian series? Yes. Did you say that? D12. Uh, not, no. D12. 2019, yeah. What, what is it, boy? D12. <laughs> Which is, I believe, Belgian for I, the 12. I apologise to the whole of Belgium. <laughs> you can talk. Fair enough. And indeed, everyone from Boston Fair. and Australia yeah. while yeah. we're at it. Uh, yeah. I yeah I I was like I was like yeah no it's Sam Neil love Sam Neil but every, all the bits without Sam Neil I did not enjoy <laughs> at so, all no not oh, really okay. wasn't wasn't a huge fan of the twelve and not because it's an ITVX I should I should emphasize that is not the reason I didn't yeah. like it <laughs> right well it is on ITVX and it drops on the Thursday which is the sixteenth <laughs> Thursday the sixteenth the, the Thursday the sixteenth that's right it does indeed drop oh, then so. Also out this week, and what we'll be covering on Pilot Plus, we'll not only be reviewing <laughs> the triumphant return of militant fairies and dark magics in Prime Video's Carnival Row, a.k.a. Planet Hex with Cora Delevingne. <sighs> oh, come on. Oof. Oof. I have been waiting to drop that brilliant pun <laughs> for sorry, at I least was... a week. Oh, well done. H- how is that not God oh, level? Sorry, I, I bet it barely stuck right. in. I was just thinking of Carnival having I to watch I honestly Now I feel guilty. Like I was I just thinking Carnival about how extremely hot I am. Man, that, what, so. because I said Planet Hex with Cara Delevingne? Is that, is <laughs> I mean, look, I get it has that effect on people. <laughs> that was a joke. Man. In case people don't understand, she did a show called Planet Sex. She did a show called yes. Planet Sex yes. with Cara yes. Delevingne. Yes. This with. involves magic, a.k.a. hexes. So Clever. Planet Clever. Hex it's very good. with yeah. Cara Delevingne. It was a really don't fucking good him. joke. Don't Thank clap you. him. If he had to explain it, it wasn't good enough in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I kind of interrupted it. Fine. So we're going to be reviewing that, yes. or rather I am. Plus, we're going to review Hello Tomorrow on Apple TV+, Plus, in which Billy Crudup tries to sell us timeshares on the moon. If you want to hear those, or just wish to have more of my dulcet tones in your ears do subscribe to Pilot Plus for just one ninety nine a month literally less than a cup of watery tea from Morrison's and you can do so at empireonline.com slash pilottv what else is on this week Boydie? What else is on? Um, there is... Do you know what? There's the National Comedy Awards. I think it's probably the main event, which is on Friday, which is going out live this year. It was, it was, they, They'd it, appreciate my Planet Hex joke. They would. Um, mm. They brought it back last year. It was brilliant. I thought one-off big show. I did a really good job. And it's now on Friday the 17th, live, Channel 4, 9 o'clock. That'll be quite exciting. Big, loads of our favourite shows nominated. Derry Girls, Afterlife, uh, <laughs> Starstruck, etc. Bad Sisters. <laughs> loads of exciting shows. It's been a really good year for comedy. Even James like likes most of those comedies. He's supposed to be yeah. a comedy. So um, that'll be good. Then there is, I think that's about it. Mainly, yeah, these are other shows that only that James wouldn't find interesting. But that, yeah, those are the, those, that's the big one that we didn't have time to do. Okay, and Pick of the Week is Picard, so that was excellent. Uh, <laughs> you know what? It actually is. I mean, for me, it's, it's better, better than the 12. Oh, better. You know, it great. is better. We've already established it's better than all the other shows. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Picard, it is. I see what you've done. Good. I really oh. like better, but I, do you know what? I actually got so much pleasure out of watching Star Trek yeah, Picard. I, I was fantastic. surprised. fantastic. If shocked. you listeners could see the look on Kay's face as she just looked at Boyd when he said that, the disgust. Oh. I, I in her gave eyes. him the stink eye. You did. Yeah. Sorry. Mm. You looked at him a sconce. Sorry. Anyway, 
That's it for this week's show. If you enjoyed it and want to continue to do so, then please do sign up to Pilot Plus. And if you've already done so, then you haven't left us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, then please do take the time to do that as well. And if you'd like to find us out in the wild, we're across the usual social media platforms, for example, Twitter and Instagram, at James C. Dyer, at Boyd Hilton, and at Kay Ribeiro. Next week, we will have Vincent Cassel on the show to talk about Apple's liaison, which does not begin with the letter S. Fleischman is in trouble over on Disney+, and Django is unchained over on Sky. Mm-hmm. So uh, a few shows that we may or may not end up talking about, uh, but none of which Kay will have time to watch as she'll be gleefully <laughs> ploughing through all of The Next Generation, <laughs> oh, Voyager, me. and Deep Space Nine while taking occasional oh, breaks God. to brush up on conversational Klingon. I regret this. Kaplach! See, that's Klingon for goodbye. Oh, so like, so instead of saying pilot out, of that's, course that was, was, was What's Klingon for pilot out, though? That's what you should have done. Do you know what? Let's find yeah. out. Let's yeah. find out. Shall I'm going to find out right now. Right, cling on. Why don't you to find out? You know there's Translate. a brilliant episode of Frasier where mm. and Frasier's kid, who's a massive geek, gets Frasier to learn Klingon so that he can deliver his, his thank you speech in and Klingon. does he do it? Uh, yeah, he does Aww. it. Yeah. Pilot out. Translate. And it is. Here we go. Och, well, yeah. <laughs> God, that's better. That's better. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Och, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>